Hello, and welcome to Wyverns and Weirdos, the journey home. I am your Dungeon Master, Darby, and joining me as always are Zoe, playing Sevia, Emily, playing Beatrice, Laura, playing Conrad, Mitch, playing Designation 42, Exley, and Johanna, playing Fall. Let's jump into it. Where we last left off, the party faced down Tiamat, Arkan the Cruel, and Chango the Manticore, um, with the assistance of Grog Strongjaw of Vox Machina, and the late arrival of Mordenkainen, um, and the party have been on the ropes a bit. But Arkin and Chango have been defeated um, and they are on their way with three trammels inside of Tiamat um, and one laying around by the church somewhere um, to, uh, yeah, to potentially rebanishing her. Um, meanwhile, Conrad finds himself one foot in Exandria and the other in Barovia due to some strange magic um, and fought to some extent with Strahd in the halls of the Amber Temple. We return the top of the initiative order uh, with Beatrice's go. Um, so Beatrice is once again sort of like, hmm, what to do? And, um, we'll fly up a little bit, probably about 10 feet. She won't get too far into range. Um, and cast Calm Emotions right. on Tiamat. Which, again, is a wisdom saving throw. She'll probably save from, but he's hoping. Calm emotions, wisdom. Okay. Yes. Um, I only rolled a three on the dice. What was, what's your DC? Uh, 18. She has a plus 14 to wisdom. That's a 17. So she needs to burn a legendary resistance for that. Excellent. So that's three legendary resistances burned. Cool. Um, Beatrice is then going to sort of look around and see whether she can see the final javelin on the ground anywhere, but it's... Um, it is... She's uh, just a perception sort of check. Glancing. Um... Perception? Yes. 26. 26. Okay, you see um, the distinct mix of platinum and gold makes it uh, easy enough to spot for you. Um, and you see it uh, lying in the alleyway beside the church. is going to make her way towards it. Okay. Um, you are low enough that you could probably grab it, because you have a 120 foot 
speed. You could probably grab it and get within the 30 feet if you wanted to. Yes, I do. Fly speed. Yeah. So, would you like to do that? Um, can I... Because I've used my action to cast the spell. You have. Um, yeah, Beatrice will do that. Yeah. So you grab it and basically pose yourself ready to... To um, throw, throw it next turn. Also, uh... Oh, where'd it go? Bonus action. She's going to cast Sanctuary on Exley. Okay. So she's warding Exley against attack because if she comes back up to within 30 feet, that means she's yeah. next to Exley. So. Alright. Um, alright. Okay. Um, that would be the end of your turn. Uh, Sevia, your go. Okay! Um, banishing didn't work. Everything is chaos. Um, you can try it again with another action. Yes, but... Do I know how many legendary resistances a creature like Tiamat would have? You don't. Uh, and she's used three? Two? Three? She's used three. I am going to... I mean, you could always hold it until Beatrice throws the javelin next turn and then get to go straight away again. Double turn. Mm. Mm. And yeah, if Beatrice hits, you then actually get the DC to 30. Okay. I will fold up my little damage dice that I wrote down. And I will, um, actually, am I, I'm very far from Tiamat. Yes. You are 10, 20, 30, 40, 40, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60. Yeah, probably about 60 feet, 60, 70 feet, somewhere in that vicinity. Okay. Um, I would like to once again do the bonus action Misty Step. Yeah. Uh, to get to the top of the roof. Yeah. Where a bunch of our fronds are, because I believe Con. No, Conrad's flying up higher than yeah. that. Yeah. I think Fall's yeah. the only one on the roof at the moment. My darling! Um, yeah, so Sevia Misty steps to next to fall and kind of crouches down trying to like stay low to try and protect fall with her little body should another breath weapon come our way and with one hand on fall's shoulder 
she is going to hold her action for when the next javelin hits and her action is to cast banishment again. Okay. All right. Next is Conrad's go. Okay, so he just like he's just shaking his head and just like drops of like amber tears like just spray around where he gets for a moment. So sort of clutches his forehead and Okay, okay, ah, uh, task. Ah uh, and then he kind of like looks between um he looks from the body of Arkan um and kind of grits his teeth and looks at like everyone else who's sort of in various stages of combat with Tiamat, um and sort of mentally tries to make a point. Now, Exley is next to Tiamat, I believe, currently? Yes, Exley and Grog. Beatrice. And Beatrice. Kissing time. (laughs) So, Conrad is going to, again, kind of like, almost go topsy-turvy, but vault his way down to Tiamat. Um... To flank. (laughs) Yeah. Because I'm a rogue. (laughs) Yeah. Um... Kind of like rolls through the air under her wing and um, to one side to try and dodge where one of her heads is trying to snap him um, and then sort of catches his footing and um, he's like, oh, welcome back, uh, back again. Uh, right, let's let's give this a go then. And he's going to stab Team Matt. All right. Uh, the roll fleshiest part he can reach. Yeah, yes. Roll uh, pre-roll damage, so we'll see if I hit. Okay, maybe not. Let's see. Uh, so it's a 19 to hit for that first attack. That misses, unfortunately. Yeah, that's um, fine. Okay. But you can try your second attack. Second attack. Um, That is a 26 to hit. 26 definitely hits. Cool, cool, cool. Awesome. So you do get your sneak attack. Don't worry about the fire. Attack. She is immune yeah, to fire. That's fair. I, I, I checks. Alright, so I'm just going to. I pre roll damage. I'm going to minus some fire damage. One momento, because the rest is piercing. Um, so that is 13 plus 22. So 35 points of piercing damage. 35. And she needs to make a wisdom saving throw. Oh. As uh. form of dread clasps onto her. Oh, this, this is, is a, a frightened, dragon. frightened effect. Oh yes, oh, she's immune to she that. She is immune to frightened. Okay. Alright, that's fine. That doesn't happen. Okay. Again, no one is frightened of Conrad. <laughs> um, and that's all I... Oh, and then he's going to be like... Um, okay, can you do something? 42? I may be able to. Then do it well. She seems to be going literally everywhere, so I can't really give any pointers on good attacking points, and I've don't know where I just went, but anyway, I saw Strat also. Okay, and that's the help action for Exley. Alright. Uh, Fall, your go. Uh, yeah, so he just kind of like crouched down next to Sevia, and he just like, and be like, um, alright, uh, Sevia, would it help? Do you want me to uh, keep flinging spells at it, or should I jump up there and help? Are you likely to Die again. I'll get it with some spells. Alright. And he'll um, um, just kind of like locks, look up lock sites with um, Tiamat and just start like muttering away under his breath um, as he does a second level dissonant whispers. Alright. So that's um, a wisdom saving throw. 
Uh, that is a total of 25. Yeah, that passes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, unsurprising. Um, okay, well, shoot. Um, hmm. Conrad! Brother, you've got this! Take her out! And that's a uh, bardic inspiration. Also, I saw a What? What did you just call me? Oh, Conrad, I forgot. Roll me a d20 again. Oh, okay. Um, and Dissident Whispers, that's the cantrip, is it? No, it's a spell. So it should it's still do spell. half damage. Oh, goodness me, I forgot. Um, seven. So, Conrad, you, as you hear that, we'll say, um, you find yourself drifting to Barovia again. Go ahead. Oh, <laughs> Uh, uh, seven clips of psychic damage. Alright. So, does Conway just become like transparent again? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, um, that, oh, that's right, you weren't awake last time. Um, I. Uh, I don't know, obviously. There's a lot happening. Okay, okay. Um, I'll give it a try. So, is he at the top of like a really tall building? Uh, flying above, yes. Okay, uh, so flying she's flying above like a quite just tall building. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, considering Fall has a lot of movement still, he also has a new ability. Fall is going to run up the side of the building. And okay. <laughs> You are you are already on the roof. I'm, I'm assuming I'm the lower form of the roof. Uh, I'm no. not right next to Tiamat. It's not it's not multi-story. Like Tiamat is about 50, 60 foot higher than you. Math confuses me. Everyone else is right next to her. Okay then. Um, yeah, everyone else is right next to her because they're flying. They're um, flying. I'll ah, switch to my, to your here on the roof. I take I take that back. Um, Phil will yeah. not do that. Instead, um, Phil is just going to um, be like, "Oh shit! I wish I could cast fly again." Okay. Oh come on, Conrad, you can do this. Ah. And just be like quite, quite afraid, and then just take the dodge action. Alright. Uh, Morgan on his go is going to take, um, is going to go, alright, this is a bit low level, but it should do the trick and it should piss her off, uh, as he casts Enlarge Reduce, um, so that's a constitution save, she's probably gonna save without, uh, that's a, uh, that's just gonna fail. Um, okay, and she's gonna burn another legendary resistance. So that's legendary resistance number four. That is Mordenkainen's go. And we get to Tiamat's go. Um, she doesn't get back her breath weapon. Um, she is going to, um, she's gonna start, she's gonna try to attack Exley, um, for that. But she needs to roll wisdom save. She rolls a natural one. Um, but she's going to legendary resistance to break through um, the last of her legendary resistances. Um, Here we go. To uh, so she's going to do her bite against you, Exley. 
Um, for, yeah, that's a 33 to hit. Uh, just hits, yep. <laughs> um, as you take... Oh, that's a low roll. Um, as is that, a total of 27 points of damage. Um, <laughs> Alright, uh, then she's going to do a claw against Conrad. Uh, that's cocked. That's a... Conrad. Oh, yeah, no, she cannot attack Conrad at the moment. right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, Sorry, you Yeah, I'm going to declare that against yes. someone else. Uh, this is going to be against Beatrice, then. The claw. Uh, that's a nat one. Uh... <laughs> So that's the one way she can miss, uh, unless it, uh, yeah, no, uh, oh, unless Exley, no, Exley, even with a two, she'll hit Exley, uh, yeah, but, um, and against Grog, which she has advantage, because Grog was reckless, um, that is 30, which will hit Grog with the tail, um, and he will need to make, he takes 27 damage, and we'll need to uh, take make a uh, strength saving throw, which he has advantage on, uh, or be knocked prone. And I rolled two sixes, uh, so Grog falls prone down to the uh, down to the roof as he loses balance in flight and takes. Um, 66 points of bludgeoning damage as he hits the ground uh, for 20 points of damage. Alright. Except for he's raging, so it's only 10. Um, uh, as was the other thing was halved as well, so you know that much. Okay. Um, Alright. Uh, next is Exley. So... Conrad has just given me given Exley a lot of information and then immediately peaced out. Yes. Um, <clears throat> so there's a brief moment of confusion. Um, and then that confusion, he sort of like doesn't move for a second and then kind of shakes himself out and goes Confusion. And he's going to how smart does he think Tiamat is? Roll me a religion check. Uh, that's not even a d20. <laughs> Smarter than me, clearly. Oh! Um, oh, it's a straight roll. 17. 17. Uh, no, because you have the assistance from... You have the help action from Conrad. So you do get advantage. We'll use it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, yeah, you... I mean, a lot of... There are certain dragons that are known to be quite smart. They're, like, including chromatic dragons. The queen of chromatic dragons, as a god, probably has a decent intelligence. How do we feel about, like, going deeper into intelligence? How do we feel about this dragon's, like, depth perception? like perception of reality and physics uh she is a god cool so 
probably some level of uh, omniscience. Got it. But hypothetically, if she was somehow immediately turned upside down, would she be mildly confused? You have no idea from an 18. Time to figure it out. I would like to cast reverse gravity on this thing. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Centered, uh, the base of it centered essentially in its midsection, so it's not yeah. going to like catch most of us, I guess. Midsection. Um, so, what is what is the uh, what is the so range reverse on this? gravity? Uh, so the range it's uh, a fifty foot radius and a hundred feet up. So okay. I'm looking at centering the base of it around the midsection of... Uh, okay, the base of it around the midsection. Okay. Yeah. Um, yep. So, what I would like to do is I realise this creature is flying at the moment. However, flying does mean, like, beating wings hmm. to maintain elevation and pushing down. If they were pushing down but up, would gravity shoot them up a lot faster and make them mildly confused. I don't think Exley has the intelligence to for the physics involved in that. We're fighting out together. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, also... He, he, he probably has the imagination to think of that as a possibility, knowing the spell reverse gravity. He yeah, doesn't he's... have the intelligence to know how that will play out. No, he's turned upside down before and it was very confusing for him. Mm. Um... So, just for reference as well, um, the creature can make a dexterity saving throw to grab onto a fixed object it can reach. As it is currently flying, does that mean there are no fixed objects it can reach? Ah, yeah. Okay. I'm gonna be honest, I'm just gonna leave this up to you and I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because I have... No idea how this will work. I would like this creature to be mildly miffed. <laughs> Alright. Uh, that is a seventh level spell, by the way, that I'm yeah. casting this Alright. So she interest. is. like. barreled upside down. <laughs> Does that uh, mean Exley flings around with her because he's still crapping? <laughs> So you are, you are, so not only that, but because you put the, the, like, as that happens, as Tiamat goes belly up, you fly upwards, like the gravity chain falls upwards, like like the gravity on the chain falls upwards, so you are above Tiamat. Perfect. Does Um, it look like Tiamat will be, like, you know floating upwards at any point. Uh, no. No, alright. No. The Tiamat like, is upside she fly, down. She flies. She has control of her height. Right. Yes, Tiamat is currently upside down. That'll do. Um, Exley is like whipping around like when you're mm. like, retracting a vacuum cable. It just... Sorry. Uh, it is Grog's turn. Grog is gonna get back up and fly back up to Tiamat and the chaos of the upside down Tiamat um just gonna double check that Tiamat's not like no she's not 
Okay, that's good. Okay, uh, he's gonna... You know, from this perspective, I'm gonna rule this as prone, even though it's not technically prone. Uh, so, Grog is gonna get advantage on these rolls. Um, so that one hits. That one's a crit. Uh, and that one hits. So, again, um, uh, all right. So, uh, to thirty-eight. Um. Wait a second. I didn't, uh, 38 is all the dice. Okay, yeah, I just didn't roll as well as last time, I think. 30, 38, um, plus the 42, um, 38 plus the 42. Oh, yes, 38 plus the 40. 38 plus the 42 plus the actual maxed dice. So was uh, 48, 59, 50, 51, 52, 50, 54. Okay, uh, so that is 134 points of damage on this one. Um, and Tiamat is actually looking a little shaky. Um, okay. Uh, back to the top of initiative. It is Beatrice's go. Uh, cool. So she's going to throw the last tremel at Tiamat. Um, also, I pre-rolled that. And yeah. it's a nat 20. Oh, so, nice. And I believe you said this tremel was a plus two. No, this is this, oh, this one is is, is just a flat just roll. It's just a straight flat yeah. roll. But Do it I doesn't, still? It doesn't cool. matter because it's a nat twenty. It's an automatic hit. Yeah. So, um, hit. So it is. So, so uh, roll your damage is so it's a d six plus your strength plus six because of the crit. So D6 plus my strength plus, plus the six. six. Yes. Twelve. Twelve. Not too bad. Um, all right. Um, and that triggers Sevia's uh, action. Yep. So from next to fall, as she's watching all this with Tiamat and being like, did Exley just flip her upside down? My, he is quite a whirling dog. Oh! And then she shoots this like energy straight up in the air uh, and tries to she tries to banish Tiamat yeah so the DC is 30 now there's one D20 it is a uh, what was it it was a wisdom saving throw she has a plus mm -hmm. 14 to wisdom I need to roll a 15 or lower for her to be banished. That's a four on the dice. That is a grand total of 
18. Exley. You are currently grappled onto her. Can no! you make me a wisdom saving throw? The good news is, you have no trammels on you. So the DC is only 10. Please. So I just mean, don't. What a way don't to go, though. Roll a nat one. <laughs> it. Oh my god. That was right next to a one. We're good, fam. That's a 28. Okay, so, um, you... <laughs> it felt so bad. Okay, um, That would have been hilarious, right. though. Okay, so, Tiamat is, like, uh, ripped back through the Divine Gate, and actually your grip is, uh, removed from her. Um, and with that, uh, so you're, you're about, so, it's basically her... Okay, um, you go falling upwards um, because you're in the middle of your anti-gravity field and have just lost your anchor. Um, and you take uh, 14 points of bludgeoning damage. Um, Wouldn't he fall? Up and no. then fall out yeah, of the, um, you don't. Yeah. the gravity um, field and so then fall yeah, up no, into the gravity field. A lot of thought into this because uh, my brain is stupid. So looking at it, the way it would work, if there's nothing to impact at the top, yeah, you no. vibrate slightly at the top. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah, that is almost word for word what it is. You just okay. kind of like shimmer. So he's like yeah, a marble be, in a jar. Like, uh, yeah, you'd just be like, you'd fall out of it and then, okay, gravity goes back and you fall back into it and then you fall out of it and into it and out of it and into it. Until you decide to drop. On top of a hairdryer. Until you decide to drop the spell. Um, honestly, well, he still has fly cast on him, so he's just gonna sort of like bob for a little bit and be like, this is odd. I just kind of float up about a foot and then just kind of like right. float down behind it. All right. Um, however, it is not your go. We still have the matter of uh, Conrad's predicament to work yes. through. Uh, Celia, it is your go. Well, actually, no, Beatrice technically still has some of her go left. Beatrice is, as soon as all that happens, and she stares at Exley for a second like, what the fuck? She flies over to the incorporeal form of Conrad and reaches out and uh, like tries to, to touch him. You do not make contact. Conrad? Beatrice's uh, uh, voice is but an echo to you, Conrad. And... That's all she does for now. Okay. Um, Sylvia, your go. We did it! We did it! Oh, God's above, we did it! And she just, like, grabs full and kisses them full on the mouth. Um, it's not even really a kiss so much as just a smash. Probably nicks her lip on one of his pointy teeth. And then is just like we did it, we did it, we can, we can, we 
can go home. Go home. After we get your brother back, oh gods, what the fuck is going on? And she, um, will look up at Comrade and try to work out what's happening, I guess. Just, just okay. intelligence, religion, I don't know, a check of some description. Uh, yeah, Romy, Romy, uh, you don't know what this is to even reference, so just roll me an intelligence check. Okay, um, 19. 19. The best you can guess, based on the slight amber coloration of Conrad's incorporeal form, is that this has something to do with the amber temple. And Barovia. It's Strahd. It, 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 you. I don't know. And she just kind of looks helplessly upwards. She doesn't know what to do. All right, Conrad. You're back with Strahd. So you thought you could take me on. You thought you could take over what I had started. You have no idea what it takes to rule over Barovia. But you will never find out. Because that is not your fate. It is my place. Uh, and he goes to attack you again. Again with a bite attack. Um, but, uh, that's an 18 on the dice, so that's a 27 to hit. That hits! Yep. <laughs> um, so that will be a 7... So 11 points of slashing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... 4... Six, seven, eight, uh, 14 points of necrotic. And again, um, he seems to draw more, become more corporeal as, um, as he drains the life from you. Okay. Hmm. All right. Um... So Conrad this time does try to wriggle out of his grasp. Um, yeah. And uh, I'll try this. And um, he tries to like break out of his grasp, and he kind of like his hands sort of like scrabble up or where his arms are trying to grapple him, and then up towards his face, and then he just kind of like digs his like nails into like the side of Stan's face, and he's like. Um, <laughs> I'm not the hero of this story, neither are you. But I'm the one who's going to win. And I'm going to cast Vampiric Touch on Strahd. <laughs> I don't All know right. if that's going to work. I rolled a hit. <laughs> okay. Uh, cool. So that is um, a 26 to hit. <laughs> yeah, that suddenly hits. Cool. Oh, so that's... Again, it's Strahd, so he'd probably be resistant to this, but that's fine. It's a cool thing. Um... So that's 4d6 necrotic damage. Yeah. Um, which is... Let's have a look. Cool, cool, cool. So... 
So, um, 15 points of necrotic damage. So I presume okay. half to seven. I think yep. he, was he wasn't immune. Yeah. He was resistant or something. Yeah. Yes. And I siphon that, Matt, that, that hit, those hit points out of him. Okay. He doesn't seem to go more incorporeal, though. Yeah. Um, That's um, fine. But at the end of your go, roll me a d20. Okay. Um, so that is a 17. 17. So you return to Exandria. <laughs> um, Alright. Uh, and it is Falls Go. As you see Conrad reappear. Oh god, there he is! Conrad, are you okay? I managed to hear that! Are you right? I don't know. We need to move. Uh, where is Arkan? We need to get that blasted dial. Yes, absolutely. He's on the ground. I'll, I'll head over. And Karin's sort of just like, like grasping the temples, like it's like more amber light drips down for his face. Dale just like stays, just looking for a while, just looking really concerned and kind of um, not just helpless. <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, 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 look after him. Um, I'll be right back. I'll do what I can. And Fall will just uh, jump off the side of the building and um, go over to Arkin's body. Uh, Arkin's on the roof. Sorry. Arkin's on the roof. I keep forgetting where everyone yeah. is. Everyone's on yeah. the roof. All right. All right. Yeah. Never mind. Um, yep, so Fall will uh, just uh, walk over to Arkin and um, start, like, looking through his pockets, see if there's anything. Okay. Uh, roll me an investigation check. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, um, so that is a six. Uh, you are struggling, like, in the stress of the situation, you are finding it difficult to, like, get your, your hands in, like, pockets and he stuff. He has really tight pockets! Yeah. Uh, oh, he was wearing skinny jeans! Alright! That's for, like, the first six seconds of searching. So, next is Mordenkainen's go. Um, and... Is, is any one of the flying people still flying? Beatrice is still... F oh, she's still oh. one of the flying yeah. people. So, Exley, are you still flying or have you gone down? Oh, you haven't had a turn yet, Technically, Exley is falling. <laughs> True. But True. he does still have um, fly cast on him. Yes. Uh, okay, he's uh, up in the air. Uh, actually, Mordenkainen is just going to miss his step up to the roof with everyone else. Um, and... Yes, eh? Right. As soon as we get the dial and we get Conrad back to us, I can cast... I can cast Teleport and get us back to my tower. Right. Um, next is Exley. Okay, 
so Exley is going to uh, float down to wherever Conrad is. And Conrad is currently of this plane at the moment, is that correct? Yes. Excellent. Uh, Exley is going to float down. Right. What are you doing? I don't know. It keeps pulling me back there. To the temple. Strad is there. He seems to be getting stronger every time he attacks. And you are fighting him? Yes. Is this the fight you can win? I think so, but I don't know what his plans are, or what those that are in my mind do plan. Um... Exley's gonna sort of ponder this for a little bit, and then reach out a hand, uh, his left hand. Um, <clears throat> not the hand which is currently still, I think, just a chain. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think there's just a chain and a claw just, like, on the ground. Um, Metal version of all those sticky hands. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, Exley's gonna reach out a hand, um, and place it on Conrad's head. Um... If there is something we can do, we will do it. In the meantime, um, he's going to cast Cure Wounds at 5th level. Um, and just say, Send our regards. Okay. Thank you. Conrad. See you soon. Please do. And that's 23 points of healing. <laughs> All helps, thank you. <laughs> okay. Um... Next is uh, Grog, who's going to fly down. He's going to say, all right, I don't know what's going on with your friend, but fucking weird. Yes. That's, that's the long and the short of it, really. <laughs> some of Tiamat's followers around here, just deal with the city. You guys can deal with this because you... I'm not going to be much help with this. I don't do magic. It's been an honour to fight beside you. Thank you for giving us your axe. It was immeasurably useful. 
if you're ever in Watchstone, you're always welcome. Forgive me, Grog, but I hope to never be on another plane of existence for a very long time. But I will bear that in mind. We all will. Oh well, your loss, he says, as he jumps off the building and goes bounding off <laughs> to go fight some Abishai. Well, he's having fun. Xevia says as she is filled with helpless feelings. Um, Beatrice, she's your guy. So Beatrice is with Conrad and Exley, and as sort of Exley pulls away, Beatrice is going to reach out and grasp Conrad's hand and call out, sort of as if to his patrons, let him go. Take someone right. else. Roll a persuasion check. I'd better get back into my thing. Uh oh, that was the wrong character. Um, persuasion? Twenty-four. Twenty-four. Okay, you do not recognise any difference, though you don't know whether that it means anything at this stage. And she's just gonna keep a hold of Conrad's hand. What are you? No. What are you doing? This is my fight. You are too young. You have a life to live. I have lived mine. You do not. You have more life in you. I'm tired. I cannot fight anymore. You do not need to be. You have people. We are nearly home. There is no home for me. There is nothing for me to go back to. Nothing. No. You can make new family. It is irrelevant. I will stop start. This will be fine. This is a minor temporary aberration. Beatrice just sort of smiles sadly. And uh, undoes her belt and drops her bags onto the roof. Alright. Sylvia, is your go. What? Can I hear what they're saying? Uh, they're pretty high up, so probably not. You don't have the greatest passive perception, if memory serves. Can I try to hear what they're saying? I mean, you can roll me a perception check, but they're not exactly loud. No, I don't imagine they are. That's a dirt 21. 
21. I imagine that's still not high enough. Probably, probably not at that like, height. I can probably make out who's talking. Yeah. Okay, so CV is like watching. And she's just gonna call out like, Are you back? Conrad, have you stopped it? And then Beatrice drops the belt and CB is gonna like try and catch it. Be like, what? 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 What are you doing up there? What's going on? We won, didn't we? Alright. That's that, my turn. Yeah. Then it is Conrad's go. Alright, is there anything in particular you do on your turn? Um... Hmm... Alright, um, Conrad... Just like, looks from Exley, looks to Beatrice, and glares, is like, You will not be taken, I will stop this, this is my fight to fight! my problem to complete that game and um he he will drop uh, his die to, to the ground his bags to the ground and then like with his like um <laughs> well he's standing on Roll the side so to, to catch it if you're trying to, to capture it see yeah he's just dropping it on he's <laughs> yeah that's why that's why she needs to yeah okay all my stuff breaks. if she wants to catch it um, we can yeah, otherwise it's just otherwise it's just on the roof. We can probably just lump this in and actually say this was to catch Beatrice's stuff because that's an 18. Yeah, 18. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 18. You probably catch Beatrice's stuff, but not Conrad's. <laughs> cool. That was a great gesture for Conrad to make then. Um, and he balls his fist as I was saying, and um. And it's his teeth. He's like, well, come on, let's go! <laughs> Roll me a d20. At the end of your turn. Mm. 14. 14, you remain in Exandria. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, cool, this is good. <laughs> four. I was more than kind and, um, uh, like, uh, appears there and comes up to, uh, the body sort of going, um, uh, there you go, I, uh, uh, you, you know what you're looking for. I'm concerned what's going on. Alright. Are you at least, are you at least giving him the help action? I can, I'm gonna do my own action. Oh, you're gonna do an investigation check, okay. No, so, no, I'm not, um, oh. Thor's going to, um, look up at, uh, where Conrad and Beatrice are. Um... And is gonna bonus action misty step thirty feet upwards, and then cast levitate on himself <laughs> so that he can float okay. next to them. You will probably equalize very briefly, like after a moment, down to like the regular level levitate height. But I'll give it to you for this turn. <laughs> so we're gonna practice, yeah. Just kind of float there and just be like. You should, Conrad, what's what's going on? I don't uh, know now. <laughs> this is all kind of fucked up. It yes, it's, the dial then, I guess. <laughs> yes, uh, yes, we kind of done that. 
do it faster, Morden Cannon. Good, good. Listen, like if the if the voices or or Strahd tries to um, attack or take you again, look, I'll, I'll I'll help, okay? Okay. You don't all need to. Of course, I mean, you're my brother, but like, you're my friend. I assume, like, more importantly, I'm your what? Conrad, roll me a charisma saving throw. Okie dokie. Oh my god. Alright. Ten. <laughs> Ten. You don't retain that information and mark off a spell slot uh, as magic is forced from your hand Jeez. as like this semi amber, semi uh, corporeal regular figure of Strahd emanates um, much like your uh, shadow spawn would. Ah! And Kyle went double, double so... Ah! Come on, Strahd, you back off! Leave him alone! He has... something that belongs to me. We're just gonna have to go without it then. Um, that I is probably I get, enough. I get an extra action. Can I swing at him with my Oh stuff? yeah, you're still hasted. Um, Not yeah, well to hit. Ah, that's a uh, twenty-seven to hit. Twenty-seven will suddenly hit. And ten damage, and I'll use some extra. I'll put some extra into that. And so that's 18 damage total. 18 damage, okay. Um, noted. Alright. Um, you're insolent. Okay. You're insolent, Tiefling. Um, and. Uh, go. He is uh, going to quickly go for the dial, uh, try to find it on Arkin's body. I yeah, he I rolled before he found it, because um, he is intelligent. He has proficiency in uh, investigation. He's fine. Um, all right, get down here. We will go if we if we have to. <laughs> This has caused a considerable issue. Alright. Um, next is Exley. So, firstly, uh, without taking his eyes off Comrade, uh, Exley is going to shout down to uh, Mordenkind. Um, we are mildly busy. Please stand by. Um, and this figure of Strage. Yes. It is corporeal? Semi-corporeal. Semi-incorporeal. It definitely appeared to take damage from a punch, though, yes? Some damage. Also, you're aware that falls punches push through resistance. Right, yes. 
Um, There's a certain magical, or, or at least pseudo-magical quality to Thor's punches. Right. Does actually get any sort of impression that this is... Is this figure tied to Conrad in the same way that after six seconds it's just going to vanish again? Uh, roll me an arcana check. Natural one. <laughs> no idea. Mm. Interesting. Well, Exley <clears throat> was doing a lot of thinking about how this could uh, potentially work, um, but instead now Strata's just in front, so... Uh, I guess we just call down a Moonbeam, Strata's favourite little friend. Alright, uh, at what level? Uh, we're gonna go force. Alright. Uh, Strahd cast Counterspell. Excellent. It does that at fourth level? Or yes. at a higher level? Fourth level. Okay, alright. Interesting. Actually, no, fifth it would be. Perfect. Because at this stage, it's more akin to Warlock casting, which would be 5th level. Alright, um, in that case, for the rest of my, um, turn, I'm just gonna sort of reel in my arm. Okay. Um, Beatrice. <laughs> Beatrice is going to uh, she's going to pull out the sun sword and mm. light it up and say you'll leave him be and swipes at Strad. alright we're all to hit that's a 19 19 Okay. Uh, that uh, that hits. Okay. Ooh, max damage. So thirteen points. So that is twenty-six total. There's a vulnerability to the radiant damage. You do yep. get a second attack. And she does swipe it in again. Uh, which is a 22 to hit. 22 to hit. Okay, uh, that will hit. And that's 8 damage. 8 damage? Okay. Um, as it currently stands, he is barely holding on. Um, but... Um, Alright. Next is Sevia's go. Okay. 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 This is um this is bad. Bad. Um and she looks up at Strad and the little gaggle of friends up there. Uh, 
So he looks like he's barely hanging on, right? Yes. I would like to do a first level guiding bolt. Okay. So that's a roll to hit. <laughs> that's a 10. No, an 11. Ooh, you've got bardic <laughs> inspiration. I do. <laughs> 13. 13 to hit? Yes. That misses. Okay, so she shoots this beam of energy up, this radiant um, beam, but Strahd deflects it, or even just scoots out of the way. And Sylvia just looks up, and she's still holding all of Beatrice's stuff, and she's gone over to Conrad's diary as well, and she just looks up at all of them. And she. Well, come on! We just defeated a god, didn't we? And you, Strahd, are nothing but a. but a. but a two bit vampire! Who leeches on to people as if that's power! You don't know real power anymore. We took it from you. And we're about to take it again. Alright. Okay. Uh, it's Strasgo. I am no two-bit ba- vampire. I am the ancient. I am the land. I am the devil Strad von Zarevich as he goes charging towards Eusebia. Um, everyone who is flying for that is... Exley, uh, Beatrice, and Thor, probably still too, uh, get some attack of opportunity on him as he dies down. Does Conrad? Uh, Conrad would as well, yes. That's a 28 to hit. Alright. <laughs> that definitely hits. 17. I might will. burn a couple of key. Oh, does it hit? 17 hits. Oh, okay. In that case, his speed becomes zero for the rest of his time. <laughs> I've got Sentinel. Alright. You uh, stay away from her! <laughs> Interesting trick. Um, uh, Conrad and Exley, are you rolling for this as well? Yeah, Conrad is using his uh, Warcaster feat um, to use a spell instead of just a melee attack. Um, Conrad is, or Exley is? Exley is, did I say Conrad? <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, That's Conrad, what you're doing, let me tell you right now. <laughs> <laughs> My apologies. Uh, yes, Exley is doing that. Um, and he's just going to still do essentially a melee attack he's going to uh, use primal savagery and make his uh, or the, the grapple hand that has just been retracted sort of extends into claws and he tries to like slash out okay so what kind of damage is that? Um, it's acid okay yeah that's fine uh, Conrad are you opportunity attacking? Uh, it's a 22 to hit for Conrad. 22 to hit, that hits. 
tool. So it's a D8. Um, so we'll take one of the So 13 points of piercing damage. Yep. And then 12 points of fire damage. Alright. Oh, also for him. He did uh, 10 points of bludgeoning and 8 okay. points of force damage. It's a kind of step in front right. so, Beatrice did 10 as well. Alright, so all Actually that. did 21. All that damage together gets him down to zero. At which point there is an explosion of amber light as uh, each of you are blasted uh, 10 foot back from him. Um, and Strahd goes, <laughs> I have learned much since we last fought. And you see him in full corporeal form, eyes glowing amber and this aura of amber smoke wisping around him. And he turns to amber smoke for a moment as he casts with his bonus action, Misty Step, and appears by Sevia and reaches for her throat with uh, with an unarmed strike. Um, that is a natural 19 to hit. Um, what do you think, Dobby? He's going to grapple instead of doing uh, uh, instead of dealing the slashing damage, you still take the necrotic damage though, which is 5, 10, uh, 13, 18 points of necrotic damage. Wolfed is what I say to that. Mm. Alright. Uh, Conrad, it is your go. Um, okay. Hmm. So, what distance am I now from Strahd? Am I still flying? <laughs> I uh, you are still flying. Um, you are about 60 feet from Strahd. Oh, so you okay. can get to him with a bonus action bonus dash. Bonus action dash. I dash to the air, Helter Skelter, and barrel myself into Strahd um, with my rapier. Alright. Uh, roll to hit. Um, okay, that is a 22 to hit. 22 uh, definitely hits. Okay, cool, cool. And Sebra is technically engaged with him currently, isn't yes. she? <laughs> cool, cool. Um, okay, so hang on. Um, so, okay, cool. So, April so um, 17 points of piercing damage initially. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I didn't pre-calculate these ones. Um, four and one. Okay. Uh, five points of fire damage. Yeah. And you pre-roll those. Nineteen points of sneak attack damage. Okay. Um. All right. He seems to, like, there doesn't seem to be any resistance to any of that, but he mm. seems to effectively, like, glance that off. Like, he seems to be much hardier than he was before. Let's go. What would you have here? You're, you're full now. Go off somewhere. Go I back must, to Barovia. I must be sated before the journey back. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Men. <laughs> Um, and then, like, is... you know, and punches him. He can't, he can't do anything, but, like, yeah. yeah. Then it is Saul's go. 
Okay, so this is, uh, we've got some bad timing here. Um, yeah, Phil kind of sees Strahd, um, Misty step over to Sevia and, like, grab her and injure her and he just like his heart's been like beating really fast he's got this weird like frantic energy from the speed potion and it suddenly it feels like it is like too much his, his like heart is beating all weird and it just feels this wave of fatigue over his body um I'm not sure I don't know if this affects concentration um, but I imagine that he would just kind of like drop like 20 feet um, okay. as he's just completely hit yeah. by this wave of fatigue and fear. Okay. And your, your slow fall would probably make sure yeah, that you don't yeah. take any damage. Like it's a yeah. low enough fall that you might you technically are fine. still be levitating up. Yeah. yeah. And that just kind of I just gets hit by that for the next six seconds. Mm. Alright. Um. Mordenkainen's go. Mordenkainen is going to see that uh, Exley and Beatrice are the only ones left down, uh, left up flying, um, and he is going to hold, start casting teleport and hold it for when everyone is um, within range for him. Get down here! We need to get to my tower. Um, that is his go. Exley, your go. So, uh, Exley's in a mood today. Mm. He's been trying new things, and for the most part, they've been working. Um, he's going to begin to float down. He's seeing a lot of weird things happening right now. Uh, Strad looks different. Uh, almost dangerous, but, you know, um... Exley is well aware that Sevia is uh, essentially like a tweak. So while he doesn't sort of have any ability to heal as such, he does have the ability to uh, sort of mitigate any excess damage. Um, so he's going to extend out a hand to Sevia um, from you know the 60 feet where he is you're not going down um he'll slowly start to float down okay uh, actually this is the mind that we should probably deal with this because it seems to be a recurring issue um but he's going to extend out a hand to Sevia um and sort of look through Sevier again, as he's done with Comrade um, in the past, and say, Trust me, do not resist, and he's going to cast a spell at Sevier. Uh, the first question is, does Sevier resist? No. She's too panicked in this moment. It's like, I still trust him. Perfect. Sevia turns into a blue whale. Pardon? 
<laughs> Exley um, uses polymorph to change Sevier's form into a whale. And that will end Exley's turn. Okay. Um, next is Beatrice. So, Beatrice is going to yell, uh, if you're going to take anyone, it's going to be me. And sheaths her sword and barrels down and, like, basically tackles Strahd and tries to get him in a grapple. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm going to roll he will have disadvantage on this because um, he is grappling someone else. Or, except for he isn't, because he cannot keep a hold of the blue whale's throat. Yes, Beatrice. That's an at 20. Okay. Um, so, as you fly down and barrel into Strahd, um, the, uh, like, I would say Mordenkind and Spell, like, conditions are satisfied somewhat as the scene shifts for all of you as you go barreling into Strahd to out front of where, uh, uh, where Mordenkainen's, uh, no, because his tower is in hell. So, ah, uh, yes, it is. Um, so to a place where he can more safely cast, um, the plane shift, um, and has a makeshift setup of what he needs. Um, and that because of your barreling through and grappling Strahd, um, that rips Strahd through the teleport with you as well. Um, but he is grappled. See, she was aiming to tackle him away from all of that. Um, he is, with the momentum, um, you are a decent distance from the rest of the group coming out of the teleport. Okay. She's just going to hold him. Um, Alright. Um, and Mordenkainen's going to... Uh, I kind of check. Yep, that's a 19 on the die. Uh, Mordenkainen's going to take a look at Strahd now that he sees him relatively up close, takes a look at Conrad and says, There is a connection. Uh, I think if we can keep Strahd away from Conrad, then this won't last. And the problem will take care of itself. Oh, it's like a leech. Something, Something like wrong. that. Good, good, okay, good. How long? I can run good and things. Well, I think just long enough for me to get this sort of set up. Uh, 
And he kind of like scoots back, like with his like rapier pointed towards Strahd, <laughs> as, back, as far back as he can. 42, Sevia, fall, protect Conrad. Beatrice, you seem to be doing a good job of holding Strahd down. Beatrice has her like arms up, like locked around the back of Strahd's head and her legs are wrapped around his uh, waist. I need to get this dial into place. Begin the t- begin the spell. The whale flaps encouragingly. <laughs> All right, uh, whale. It is your turn. I am a whale. I flap. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, yeah, there's not much. I don't. I think you have a movement of zero. What happened to I make a baby. What is this large bitch? For reference, you do have a, a movement speed on land of zero. Uh, yeah. If anything gets within range, you do have a chomp and a swallow. continues to flap. Why did you do that to my girlfriend? Why is she a little? Uh, she will no longer die. You are welcome. Thanks. Sylvia's oh. <laughs> great concern. The whale makes a sad, pleading face at Exley to be freed. Uh, does Exley speak whale? Or uh, no, that's a shame. Unless, unless you turn into a whale. So are we still in initiative, or? Um, uh, yeah, we probably still are. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, Conrad, it is your go. I keep awake. Yeah. Um, and you notice in the ensuing time that with every trip back and forth from Verovia, like, you start thinking back upon, seeing that the end is in sight, you start instinctually thinking back on um, your, the past month or so with these people. But it's all blanks. Or a lot of it is blanks. Is and he floating seems... in and out of Barovia currently? No. No. He's just fo- trying to focus on this as he's trying to keep away. Yeah. Um... And you seem to mentally try to reach out for memories, and as you do, one by one they seem to fade. I don't know what's going on. What's going uh, on? What was it all for? Four. You're there. Right, right, protect Conrad. Oh, it's I okay. forgot Strahd's go before Conrad's, but... Um, so Strahd is going to try to get out of Beatrice's grapple. That's a nat 20. Um, and... He is going to, um... 
in in vengeance uh, for you getting in his way, uh, go, go, you insolent Kenku. I will make sure that you'll never see the light of another dawn. Um, and he is, uh, no, he doesn't get, like, it was his action to get out of grapple. Um, Beatrice flips him off. Yeah. Uh, so now it's Falls go. Okay. Conrad, it's okay. We'll get you out of this, all right? You hang in there. And he pops his hand on um, Conrad's shoulder reassuringly, and um, Conrad feels like a rush of bravery rush through him as uh, Thor casts heroism. Um, so he's immune to being frightened, and he gets four HP. Oh, thank you. Okay. Conrad just looks like he's not seeing you anymore. Mm. Oh. His pose right. seems to bolster. He seems ten miles away. Yes. All right. Um, and uh, go. Um, he is going to yell at, Oh, this is not good. Uh, the spell is almost complete, Beatrice. Uh, Beatrice, get within the circle if you can. Uh, get within range. As soon as you can, I'll activate the spell. Just get everyone to safety. Don't worry about me. All right. Uh, Exley? So Exley's going to cock his head a little bit at that. Um, And then... He's just going to look at Beatrice. I'm assuming Beatrice is mildly preoccupied at the moment. Um... A little. But he's just going to sort of look and take stock of everything that's happening. And then he's going to step into the circle with everyone else. Okay. Alright. Um, back to the top. Beatrice, your go. Uh... Beatrice is going to go into Grapple Strat again. Alright. Hmm, what is good that time? That's only... And it's it's athletics, isn't it? Yes. That's a dirty 20. Uh, he... Yeah, uh, yeah, he's... What is this? He's... Yeah, uh, 21. Slimy, like Conrad. Yeah. <laughs> um... So that's your action, unfortunately. Um, Sevia, you'll go, unless Beatrice is doing bonus action and stuff. Um, no, she just shouts for everyone. Yeah. Leaf, go! I would like to attempt to break the polymorph. Yeah, alright. Uh, that's a charisma save, is it? your spell, actually. Uh, wisdom. It is. Wisdom. Sorry, I was just trying to find it. Eighteen. That is the DC. Hell so you yeah. become yourself again. 
Sevia bounce back into being a person. Uh, does it? Is it an action to try and break it? I think it technically happens at the end of your turn, which you would have done at the end of last turn. Okay. Cool. But we didn't get you to do that. That's all good. So yeah, she bounces back into being a person and just probably falls a little bit. Uh, she, st- I believe, with polymorphic you keep all your stuff, so she still has everyone's like journals and diaries and all these bags. What? Beatrice, Beatrice, get back here, Beatrice! We can't, we can't leave without her. Not kind of. We can't, we can't leave someone else behind. I'm doing my best. I can't. Beatrice. Go! No! Um, Please! At the end of your go, it is Strahd's go again. Strahd is going to start with an unarmed strike against Beatrice. Um, that is a... what is it? A... 18. That hits! Uh, that hits. So that is uh, no. He's gonna he's gonna go for the grapple. So it's only the necrotic damage. So four, ten, sixteen, seventeen points of necrotic damage. Um. Yep. Okay. So. And then he is going to go for a bite, uh, which he has advantage on because he has you grappled. Um, so that is certainly going to hit. Um, so, does nine points of piercing damage and 3d6 necrotic. So, two, five, uh, six. So, guys limp. Um, and... Um, he finishes by crushing Beatrice's neck and turns toward the group and starts walking towards you and in a panic Mordenkainen slams down on the dial and the last thing you see of of uh of Strahd is that he discorporates as Conrad as the connection to Conrad is severed and Sevia Paul Conrad and Exley you all find yourself various places. For Sevia, Fall, and Conrad, you find yourself more or less where you began before being dragged into the myth. The Conrad, you have no memory of your time in the mists, of your time past then, of the allies who you made there. Exley, You are in some strange place that you do not recognize, though any of us would recognize as Fielor. Sevia, you hear a message in your head, voice of Mordenkainen. 
I'm sorry. The spell was rushed while I was able to get us back to your home. The precision was off. Are they all gone? I can't do this without them. You saved them too, did please. Please, I can't we love I can't I can't I can't And she just keeps going well past the twenty-five words, just because I believe what she left was in the middle of the library. So yeah. she's back there, she just lands in a heap, depending on how much time has passed in a full or empty library. Yeah. Surrounded by things she does not own, weeping. Yeah. You hear a voice, this time beside you. There's nothing that could be done for Beatrice. But for the others, they are here. Conrad, I am trying to divine what has occurred with his mind. But until that is worked out, it would be too dangerous to... I'm sorry. Too dangerous to what? To make yourself known to him. Like no, what? He's my friend. He's he is. He's my brother. He's meant to be my. No, I Am I just meant to keep losing people? Forty-two. Alas. It's been hard to get a hold on. I know he is on this plane, but I cannot tell where. Exactly. There is a dark presence protecting his position. I do not understand it. Much like I do not yet understand the magic that has taken Conrad's mind. <laughs> so we couldn't... We didn't save him. None of it worked. It was for nothing. Sometimes... Things require... More planning. More research than there is time to give to them. I'm sorry, Sylvia. <laughs> but while there was not a prevention, there may still be a cure. Somewhere down the line. An infinite number of planes, there must be something somewhere. Where's full? He produces a scroll from within his robes. 
this is a gate spell. This will open up a portal to where Fall currently is. You will be able to step through it, or they will be able to step through to you. And he casts a spell, and the portal opens up where Fall. Where would Sepia and Mordenkainen find you? Probably uh, sitting against a wall of like a dingy um, alleyway just out to the side of uh, the circus lodgings where he was first taken from the mist. And just be kind of um, propped up against the wall with like drizzling rain. It's looking very stricken, but when um, he sees Sevia. Sylvia, there you are. I, I knew you'd come. Paul, you're okay? And... Of course, of course I am, please. And she just reaches out. She has fallen to her knees and she just reaches out for them through the gate. I'll just immediately just wraps their arms around her shoulders and then pulls her close. We didn't. Be Beatrice, right? We couldn't. We couldn't get her. <laughs> we 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 lost. Comrade's gone. Comrade's gone. This memory. He. They took it. They took him. No, 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 no. Surely there's something we can do to fix that. I mean, maybe I'm not. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. You are intelligent enough with enough time and research. Might take years, decades even. But that time has nothing to do with your mental capabilities. But they're alone now. All of them. That's, we just, we just have to find them, right? Conrad, he's from Sarat, and maybe he's not too far away. It's dangerous, Paul, until his condition is... Until his condition is lifted, it will be too dangerous to reach out. So we can't even see him? We can't find him? No, I'm afraid not. Who's out there with, with, with no memories? To him, as if the past month 
time in Barovia and beyond never happened. Fuck, that is horrible. Great, I just found a brother. And now, God, he would hate that. He would hate to lose all that. He hates everything that's been happening to him, losing that control. And we've lost Beatrice and, and Exley, apparently. I'm sorry, Sylvia, this isn't this isn't the homecoming that that we hoped for. It's not. Unfortunately. Unfortunately for endings aren't always as happy as they are in stories. Sylvia is right. You have each other. But now, you need to rest. You need to heal. And when you are ready, and he produces a small mirror um, with a gemstone inlaid at the top. When you are ready, the solutions. You can get in contact with me through this. Absolutely. I just grabs hold of the mirror. It just turns back to Savior, pulls it tighter in his embrace. You did your best, Mordenkainen. Thank you. I will get better. I know you will. We will save them. At the very least, I know him, we try. <laughs> I will leave you to rest. <laughs> and he departs. No, it's like that. I am going to rest, but we are looking for them. <laughs> Is it safe to find Conrad? Exley, yes, I, but I'm going to at least try to figure out if we can get someone else to find their whereabouts, make sure if they're alive. And not giving up on them so easily. It's, I'll, I'll believe his magical experience, but we need to make sure they're alive. 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 They have to be alive. They do. Alright. I love you. I love you too. And so... And she just clings on to fall and weeps. On that note. Alright, together. Holding on to each other in the rain. Where... Do we see each of the surviving characters' futures? Well, let me just shake that off. Um, so, 
I imagine there is a very long healing period. I imagine Sevia does not contact Mordenkainen for a few months. There is a despondence to her that Fall has only seen glimpses of in the past, but um, I imagine she eventually, with Fall's help, and probably after some form of contact that allows us to know that at the very least Conrad is alive, if not both Conrad and Exley, she um, she takes herself to the dean, whom she had told she needed a <laughs> emotional leave. Uh, can I also ask if how much time passed between us leaving and us returning in the real world? About the same amount of time, so around about a month. Okay, so she would have hysterically apologized for going missing for a month and then asked um, to take leave for three, and then she would drop out of university. Okay. To train with more than kind of full time. Yep. At some point, with fall by her side, I would like to read Beatrice's diary. Okay. Um. If there are any cliff notes from that, Emily Gordon, you bastard. <laughs> sorry. Not sorry. Um, yeah, so basically you find a lot of just random scribblings and a lot of dot points. Some of them are little snippets of conversation she's had with um, each of the party. Many things that she sort of said, especially towards the end, in that she feels like they've become her children. And somewhere, somewhere in the book, circled is a name that is underneath a dot point that says Sevia's parents, question mark. And the name is Arid Strongbot. And just a bunch of question marks around the name. As though some something maybe that she knew that that was who she thought might have assassinated Sevia's parents. And again, just more stuff about Conrad and how she was sort of losing him and how much she loved everyone. Sevia would um she keeps that journal and I believe she actually is Conrad's diary as well. 
Um, but she holds off on reading that for a very long time. Uh, for the most part, she at one point makes a trip on her own to another place in Dorham, a temple with a white rose edged in gold. And she asks about where a certain cleric used to live. And she goes, or at the very least, where his daughter is buried. And she goes to the grave of Sasha. And she sits and she tells Sasha about what little she knew of her father. About how he sacrificed himself the way he wished he could have done for her. And she takes out the little gold earring that she had been wearing since a funeral pyre. And she buries it next to Sasha as there is no body. And she returns his belongings to the temple. She would also then follow up on Beatrice's lead and see if that takes her anywhere. Whether it does or doesn't is up to you, Darby. Yeah. And um, I don't know, maybe that's maybe that's a story for another time, whether it does or doesn't. Oh, okay, okay. Unless Let's you have anything else to touch on. She trains with Mordenkainen for many, many years. She writes, she teaches, her aging slows. She writes about her travels, her time in Barovia, and... Oh god, what was the name of the second place we went to? Uh, Eberon. Eberon, Avernus, Exandria. She writes of her friends. She never publicly speaks of, of Conrad. But it is known that they were friends once. At some point, I assume she and Fall get married and have a baby or two. Um, and uh, at least one of them. Uh, I'm going to make an executive decision here. I have not run this by Joanna, but uh, I'm making an executive decision that one of them is called Connie. That's cute, yeah. They have a little girl and they name her Connie. Nice. And they... And her middle name is Beatrice. And Sevilla lives a very, very long time in a new little home with a new little garden. At some point, far down the line, with a little frog pond. All right. And she tries oh. to be happy. OK. 
Okay. Bull. Goodness me. Um. Gosh. Yes. Yeah, so the journey home wasn't. It did not end how full anticipated whatsoever. Um, initially, uh, full is still very much on the action-oriented um, mind length, wavelength. He's just very much like, okay, he needs to figure out exactly what has happened with Conrad and Exley. Um, so he goes around Serata. He tries to make connections, which he didn't have a ton of, and just try to get people to see if they can find Conrad, see where he's gone to, see if he's alive, what's happened. He would go back to his old uh, circus, uh, Chico de Suppressor, um, and let them know what's happened to him, but also see if they know anything as well. I imagine that they would be quite startled to see him. I think especially Mira, the ringleader, has probably been telling ghost stories about him, considering that he disappeared for over a month and then one night um, suddenly reappeared and was calling out to her through the door and when she opened it, no one was there. So they're quite shocked to see him again. <laughs> um, he also uh, gives them some of the gold that he has left uh, to, so to try to make sure that they can look after themselves and maybe uh, make their work into a proper circus instead of just a bunch of um, street performers. Uh, it would take a lot of time just to here just to do other things i think knowing that um like conrad and exley are out there in need of help and that beatrice has died for them essentially um i think we feel a lot of guilt about just moving on of his life not trying to help them he's been in this active state for such a long time or life and death uh, but eventually he would uh, move to Dorham with Sevia and they would start to make their own little life there. Oh, importantly, I don't know if he would be in this. Uh, yeah, he probably right before they move. I think Fall would see if he can have an appointment with Amos Serbaloni. Essentially, he would he would go up to their their servants or uh, whatever to try to arrange a meeting, saying that, "Hi, this is Fall, um, Amos's son. Really need to have a talk. It's also about your other son, Conrad. Um, do you think they would uh, let him in to talk?" I mean, roll a persuasion check. Okay. Twenty-two. Twenty-two. Yeah, you could probably get someone to take you through to see him. To see Excellent. Amos. Excellent. Very good. Ah, uh, cool. In that case, um, can I act this out as a scene? Uh, yeah, very briefly. Yeah, sure thing. Yeah. Also describe Amos. <laughs> he is a fairly old, he's a much older man than Conrad. Um, Conrad was his youngest son. Um, he's a human man, of course. Um, got a very neatly trimmed beard. He, he, he wears incredibly rich 
detailed clothing um, in the highly embroidered in blacks and golds. He has a permanently both sly and contemptuous look on his face most of the time. It's certainly sunk into his face when you would meet him. And he always looks like he's either angling for an advantage or waiting for you to petition to him why he should pay attention to you. Jet black hair, just like Conrad. Excellent. Not many, any other similar features, though. <laughs> so for what kind of walk into their meeting room, uh, with like a very um, obviously put upon, like, timid demeanour of, like, how he first appeared, like, very, like, shy. Rom- Romeo... You know, because of who you are, I'll allow either a deception or a performance check. Okay, that's a deception. That's a 21. 21. Okay. <clears throat> oh, hello. Um, thank you so much for uh, accepting this meeting. I haven't seen you before, actually. It's great to meet you in person. Father... Can I call your father? Sorry, you may I'll try not. not to. Of course, of course, can't can't say anything too loud. <laughs> Whoops. Right. Well, um, you must have been a bit confused as to why I've been um, away from the job for like over a month. Has your business been going well uh, without me? Been going well enough. Oh, wonderful. Glad to You're hear not it. Needed to know any more. <laughs> yeah, um, no, understandable. Quite uh, low in the ranks, I'd imagine. Right, well, I wanted to talk to you about a few things. You see, I've been um, on quite the adventure the last few months, and I have uh, learned a thing or two about family. You see, you know, um, I used to think family was, like, so important, which I'm sure you can tell because, like, you know, let's dangle the carrot in front of the old, um, bastard son. You might accept me into the family if I work for you. Do you have a point? Yes. Yes, I do. Um, I think family means literally nothing, and I think people who act like you, who just use their family members, don't know. They don't. They don't count for anything. They are um, kind of uh, bastards uh, themselves. Also, um, before you throw me out, um, met your son Conrad. You've been absolutely horrible to him. Uh, if you meet him again, could you do him the favor of uh, leaving him alone? Let me know. I'm, I'm a better family member to him. Know nothing of what family means. Mm. Really? Oh, I'll thank you to get out of my office now. And never step foot in Serata again. <laughs> I didn't really have a plan to. I, You're uh... still here? <laughs> right. You know what? 
you uh your family's not very into magic are they yeah connor didn't seem to really know a whole lot about it he will not no certainly um hmm. how about i show you a little taste i think this would be um this would be from both of us actually <laughs> could i hit him i'm gonna roll to hit him with my staff i'm not trying to hit him very hard just enough to do this effect that's okay, a 30 roll. to hit. That'll suddenly hit. I would like to do a Wrathful Smite. Okay. <laughs> um, um, could I have a wisdom saving throw from my father? <laughs> Beatrice is in the afterlife, just like pumping her fist, uh, like, yes, that's, yeah, that's my That's boy. a failure. Excellent. So he's afraid of me. And he takes um, 12 points of damage, non-lethal. He is rendered unconscious <laughs> by that. Oh, shit. Well, that was, um, that, that was, uh, that was deserved. I'll check his pulse. I mean, he's still alive. Fine. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, invisibility. I'm out. I'm outie. Paul will sneak out. Paul will draw a mustache on his face and then sneak out. Okay. Excellent. So, um, then Paul, uh, he moves to dorm with Sylvia and they, um, live their life together. Uh, Paul, like, works, starts working, like, odd jobs to make money. Um, he starts having hobbies. Uh, for the first time in a long time, he starts working in the theatre, like um, doing some acting, doing some um, stage design, and he um, he does sports and such. Uh, his mental health is not going to recover anytime soon. He still struggles with anxiety. Um, now that he finally is in a less life-threatening situation, I think he t finally has the chance to, like, try to work through his um, PTSD, his anxiety, with Sylvia beside him. So I think he definitely does come out the other side of this adventure a lot more confident, but with a lot more grief to work through. <laughs> uh, he... Uh, find some other people going through similar problems i think he looks to uh other refugees from palas um for some assistance and then eventually he looks to them to work to do little plots to try to work to depose the kings of uh, for last, he essentially is trying to work to undermine the, mono <laughs> the mon <laughs> monarchy. <laughs> I don't know how much headway he makes, but he is definitely doing things like trying to plan assassinations <laughs> and whatever things that can be done from a distance. Um, how much knowledge of this would Sylvia have? Would she be fine with it? Well, it depends how much fall my loving partner tells me. <laughs> he would tell Sylvia. 
I don't think he would get heaps into the assassinations, but he'd also be like, I mean, that's literally what we did with Stride. Uh, is a big, have you, oh, look. Some of the kings are working with diplomacy, but some of them are like, right. Bastards. I think Sevia would initially have that knee-jerk reaction of holy shit, what are you doing? What what are you what 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 are you doing? Um but I think eventually would um Well she is training to be a Mordenkainen. I think at a certain point she would um attempt to make that uh, uh, use that status to maybe be like hey <laughs> do you want to stop that civil war Thanks, no <laughs> then we have a pr- then we have a bigger yeah <laughs> i think she comes in and she tries to man i would like to see the manager a couple of kings Oh, excellent. I think that's what she does. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, Phil doesn't get too into any kind of, like, coups, like, adventuring stuff. He really doesn't want that lifestyle anymore. Um, So pretty much his career ends up being um, that he goes into uh, being a teacher for martial arts, and he especially enjoys, like, um, teaching kids. He finds that really fun, and that's what he's used to from his um, childhood, teaching Mm. children. So he goes on to live a long life with Sevia. He probably does mention to some people that Conrad is his brother, which would lead to some focus on him. That would be interesting. Um, but apart from this, he tries to live a quiet life. They get married. Paul will be really excited about that. Um, they have kids. Paul will be really anxious about that, but also really excited. And they just have... It's a tough life, but having each other, they um, they have a beautiful one. Okay. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Excellent. Oh boy. So, <clears throat> Exley appears in this weird place um he sort of stops and has a bit of a look around and um i think after a little bit of time he pieced together that this is the land that his uh, fellow travelers his friends had spoken about um somehow he had been pulled along with them so he's also in this strange land um, after spending a little bit of time looking around uh, to try and find any of his friends in the immediate surroundings, um, he would take a little bit of time to himself, maybe a week or so of just being motionless, inert, um, just thinking just constant cogs just turning, uh, trying to think of his next move. Um, he doesn't know if any of his friends are, are alive or if they've made it um, or anything, really. He just knows that it is now time to move 
and to do things for his future. He's been given a chance, but he doesn't really know where to begin. Um, and I think he's going to sort of whir back into life a little bit and sort of find, uh, just trek around the lands, um, staying away from any sort of civilization um, until he can find like a nice, uh, like a nice hill or something or other that he'll, he'll go up. Um, and he's going to, um, find a few different materials, uh, uh, some wood, some cloth, um, leaves, um, and sort of craft like a weird caricature, um, that's, it's very crude, but it'll, it'll do the job. Um, and he's going to, um, dig a, a hole about four or five feet deep. He's going to put this caricature in the hole and he's going to, um, slowly, um, pull the dirt back over the, the hole, um, assemble a little gravestone of, of rocks and sticks. Um, and just have a, a little quiet moment for one of his companions that didn't make it, that seemed to sacrifice themselves so that the rest of us can get out. Um, he'll spend a little bit of time there and then he'll stand up, look off to the north and start walking. Um, He's going to take a bit of time, uh, maybe a, a year or two of just sort of wandering around, learning new things, um, expanding on his own knowledge of magic. Um, he's probably going to delve back into necromancy a little bit, just sort of studying it. Um, not necessarily walking around with a posse of undead, um, but just studying and learning from it. Um, and after maybe a year or two, he's going to sort of go through his pack, um, as he's pulling out supplies and he'll pull out a little note, um, that he's going to open up and, and he remembers his friends and he remembers a, a promise that he made to one of them um, the night before they fought a god. And he's going to do whatever he can. He's very good at uh, using magic to find things. He's found this group before and he'll find someone again. He's going to, to try and find Conrad. He'll trek for as long as he needs to. He'll um, do whatever he needs to do to find Conrad. And that's, that's what he does. A little letter in his hand. And he just wanders. Conrad. 
Oh, no, no, no description of what Beatrice does. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in pain. <laughs> um, okay, so. Well, Conrad's story is perhaps a bit longer than many others. He wakes up right where he started, or thereabouts, rousing from perhaps having fallen off his horse as he fled from his family home in a break for freedom, afraid of his family and the repercussions of people who settled their matters with assassination and bloodshed and pain. Rumours nothing of his adventures across the plains or the people he met there. Everything seems the same, just with a headache and perhaps the companion of a strange book he cannot understand but never seems to wish to discard with blackened pages. As promised, the entities of Ravenloft took everything from his mind, or, more accurately, shut them off. For someone who prided himself on his intuition, on his, inability, on his ability to know things and use them, and his desperation to live, such a sudden loss meant he paid a heavy price. Having mastered magic so rapidly, gained knowledge he couldn't even grasp yet, and having it shut off just as quickly torn away from him, it all immediately corrected itself. The strange, fearful emptiness whenever magic was mentioned, performed, settled into a denial of it. And Conrad would instead try to rationalise away that which he didn't understand whenever others used it. He fled to a small town called Lateran and fell in with another adventuring party for a while, a halfling, a dwarf, and another human man. But all, all roads led back to home. His hometown of Sarata, now part of an up surprise uprising coup, ousting the aristocracy in favour of its servants. He learned of his father's indiscretions, and those of his mother as well. He learned that he was an illegitimate heir, and was denounced by his father by blood. Conrad's family split apart, went into hiding, lost their power. Conrad himself was finally, truly alone. This did not do well for him. He had not relearned the skills he was taught by his old friends. First Kazir to hunt, then Beatrice, Sevier, Fall and Exley. Nor had he learned compassion given to him over time. He was barely a man, now unable to fend for himself beyond an irredeemable anger to fight, and fast penniless. Like Fall once was, Conrad was now the one left on the streets and in hiding, desperation turning him to a splintered thieves' guild, a childhood of aptitude in picking rocks and climbing rooftops and desperately needing to be quiet, suiting him well even when he was at the lowest point of his life. As always, his skill made him useful, and as a thief he did well. So well that his employers had plans for him. One instance of which you can actually watch or listen way back here to on Wyverns of Weedos is an episode called Frostfall. If you're on YouTube, you can go to our main Wyverns of Weedos page and go to the One Shots playlist and see us being babies and a baby version of Conrad. Anyway, <laughs> the guild itself that Conrad found himself in out of desperation was a more violent sect with plans of countrywide takeover on their mind, and Conrad was there to snatch that power for them and for himself. A second coup in Serrata resulted in Conrad taking the city for his own purposes and promoted to duke and caretaker of the city, taking residence in his once family home, final claim over the family that had terrified him and shamed him. Many lives were ended, and enemies made. But Conrad survived and persevered, no matter the cost. 
and as do his people feared him. But his influence and increasing knowledge of the strangeness of the world also drew him a great many followers. Speaking of followers, uh, it's around this point that I think Axley would have found or at least heard word of Conrad the Duke. Mm. So Axley would approach and attempt to request an audience with this Duke, hoping that it is the same person that he knows. Do you have that audience? And yeah, I imagine I believe, you would get that. Yeah, they would be intrigued. His people would be intrigued by this automaton. Still strange to fear, or certainly to Arathold. And Conrad stands there, face harsh, eyes dark. Only twenty, twenty-two at the time, twenty-one. He stands there, black velvet, gilded with gold thread, looking as much the Duke of Serata as you would expect, but he looks like a boy. He looks like the person you remember. And he stands there with no recognition in his eyes, um, with servants that are fearful of him, standing guard, over-watchful, and he folds his arms. Whereby did you come here? I am here for you. His hand touches the rapier at his side, different, of course, than the one he once had. And, he, and his brows furrow. In what way? To serve, and he pulls out a letter. He stands there for a few moments, a couple of beats. He looks to the people that stand there, both fierce and fearful and fanatical. And he settles his eyes back down the letter, and then steps forward and reaches his hand out, and takes it. So... This letter, as Conrad opens it, um, it's in very fine paper um, and is written in a hand that you're very familiar with. And if you didn't know any better, you'd say it was your own hand. And the letter is very short. It just reads, This construct is called Designation 42, or Exley. I have forgotten much, but he will help me to remember. He is my loyal friend, and he is going to help me become who I deserve to be. And there is a seal at the bottom of it, which is your seal. Conrad's first reaction is of distrust, suspicion. He steps back looks to the guards that he has, looks back at Exley. He, look, he takes a second look at the letter. He looks oddly at the signet ring that he has, that he wants discarded and then kept 
as some sort of joke as he took back his family home. And he looks at the seal. How did you come by this? This is good forgery. It is no forgery. You wrote this yourself. And he looks over better again. Leave this place. But wait a while. I must confer. And Conrad nods at um, his people that they would escort Exley outside. Exley will do as he's bidden. And Conrad takes this letter, but he doesn't. He looks and he spends a day contemplating this. He considers throwing it in the fire. He keeps looking at the seal. He keeps thinking about this how, how impossible this seems. This strange machine come, come to him with a letter bearing his own writing. He contemplates this. He spends a day. He then seeks Exley out. If he is still there. If not, he sends people out after him, the strange automaton. But he seeks him out. Exley is not hard to find. He's not moved very far at all from where the guards escorted him to. Machine! Conrad is holding the letter. 42, or Exley, is it? That is my name. My friend. He tilts his head to one side, almost instinctively. Um, Exley also has tilted his head, and on that motion he does right his head. Have you come to a decision? I'm not sure. But given this... It makes me curious. And I can't help but feel I know you from somewhere. And if that is the case, there is much to be done and be caught up on. And he motions for him to come inside. And actually follows. <laughs> So, perhaps in spite of the echoes of Ravenloft tearing his memories away, Conrad begins to look towards something he had shunned, the great emptiness within him which he could not place. He speaks with Exley much. He begins to take an interest in the magic with which he had once spurned. He begins to look with desperation to the limited time he has spent 
and our fast has made his ascent in the world and seeks to fill that emptiness with eternity. He begins looking into on death. He tries to speak to Exley about things. I do not know how candid Exley is about what occurred in that month. Conrad never can quite grasp, I imagine as the, as the nature of his curse and what happened to his mind, can never quite grasp what had happened. And I am very sorry to say if Fall or Sevier tried to contact Conrad at some point during this time, he would not listen to them. If they sent him ascending, he would tell them to leave, to be gone. But he listens to Exley. And as I said, he begins looking into on death. That is what Exley is good at. And so great is Conrad's trajectory, now guided by Exley, that when his old thieves' guild struggled and were overthrown, Conrad persevered, went underground again, listened to the guidance of his mechanical friend. He was smart and desperate to live. He had been granted knowledge long ago in the temple he did not understand of undeath. He had now become learned enough to make sense of it. Civilians died. They were important in the grand, unimportant in the grand scheme of things. In his mind, people did not love him, so they came to fear him. They were useful. Conrad was not powerless. He had allies, and he would claw his own future out for himself. So with his new friend, old friend, Conrad learned and read and fought his way into the world and became a lich, breathless, forever dying before he even turned 30. And that was not enough. Not nearly enough. These changes affected more than just Conrad as well. The influence of Conrad seeped into Exley as well, and Exley became arguably taller, more uh, ragged, um, and silent. He began as... Uh, in the beginning, Exley was always... Uh, talking and communicating with Conrad, educating. And then as the timelines progressed, Exley began to listen more and talk less. And Conrad would speak and Exley would execute. And he became... A, a very metallic, very large, almost statue, unmoving and less commanded to, and very loyal. And that was not the end of the story. A great many more things could be said of this. Maybe one day they will be. But instead we'll gloss over it before we turn to the end point. Conroe did not stop. So much had been taken from him, and much more he could not remember, no matter how hard he tried. But Conrad wanted much, and he had strength, a loyal companion, a growing following that fast became a network across the land. He would not die. He had time. Over the years, Conrad looked to the moon, to the stars, to more power than what he could possibly desire. 
he became a small authority on the arcane. At once, as as has been spoken, at one point Exy was teaching. Now Conrad was was doing the same in kind. With Exy's assistance, materials were found, researched, utilized, and finally a prize, a motive divinity, like the one he had begged his patrons once for, for to stop a dragon god. Now he is stolen and ever powerful. A ritual was arranged. Others showed their hand, rallied to stop a dangerous force. War set upon fear law. War to stop the ascension of a new god. Conrad at the helm, Exley his commander. Lives were lost. If you've listened to another tale, a tale marked corruption, you may remember the name of one as Bryn, loved one of Wood Elf Anya, who lost her sight to a disciple. The war only half worked. Conrad was taken once again, like he had been more than 70 years ago, to another realm, but one he tore his way into. Sealed away, yes, but to the realm of the divine, as the youngest and newest god of their pantheon. After the war, his name is spoken only in hush and whispers, and perhaps as the old name of a friend by some, only few, but mostly hush and whispers, both mirth and reverence by his enemies and secretive followers as the vain shade, both derogatory and fearful and fanatical. But as always, the boy once known as Conrad bides his time, trusts his followers, speaks with the truest ones, trusts the only friend he remembers. He clawed his way to a crown of his own choosing, and whether or not he truly broke the cycle, like a serpent eating its own tail, he has divinity, he is eternal, and he is endless. And maybe, maybe that's what he always wanted. If only he could remember. And that is where we leave the story of the journey home. It's been two and a half years for you guys of ups and downs, about a year and a half for us, um, yes. as is the way of our recording process. Uh, for those who have joined us for it, I thank you. Um, whether you jumped on right from Strahd or whether you came in uh, with one of the later arcs, uh, thank you for listening. And we'll see you with the next story, whatever it may be. Thanks for listening. Yes. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Go and do some happy things. <laughs>